Today we have a very interesting roundup for um, exploring this idea of designing for healthcare. Now this is the first of a two-part series and today we are really focusing on the hospital part and we're starting right in the Netherlands with four participants uh, who are actually a PhD uh, candidate, each of them, at the Faculty of Industrial Design Engineering at Delft University of Technology. And what's really interesting is that they each have their own distinct expertise. So Bau Grunewald um, is looking at the design of personalized electronic health um, based on patient profiling techniques. Tessa Deckers is involved with the personalization of care pathways and specifically uh, how that relates to lower limb joint replacement surgery patients. And Patricia Dolivo is looking at interactive objects and technologies that can be tactfully attuned to the need of users in sensitive settings and designed to empower them in dealing with disruptive life events. We also had a fourth member on that team, uh, Bunwin Boon, who is not able to join today on this call, but he is interested in designing for healthy and sustainable lifestyles and applying and improving research through design methodology. Now, the reason these folks are very exciting is because not only do they have experience um, running on the ground with uh, and you know, doing design projects within the hospital con um, context. They've also produced a study which is about to be released soon and we're going to put a little bit more details right there in the show notes for you where they actually went out and looked at the experience for many other people from all over Europe who are doing the same thing um, throughout their projects. And so they are a little bit like a um, little bundle of knowledge that we can tap into when it comes to understanding a little bit more what are the challenges that we face when we're looking at healthcare design. You're listening to Healthcare Focus and I'm your host, Karina Paraskeev. Healthcare Focus is the podcast where we follow healthcare news and industry research so you don't have to. Today, we're going to uh, dive a little bit more into uh, this theme of designing for hospitals. So that's the very first thing I want to look at with you is what is really specific about designing for hospitals as opposed to perhaps consumer health? Okay, um, I think for us also, the, 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 the hospital environment is something that it's not uh, just the hospital anymore uh, as well, like the, the products that services that we Uh, that we try to design or develop uh, are used in hospital, but also outside um, in a home context. So the, 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 the border, the line between the hospital context and the home context is increasingly vague, I would say. Um, but what we do know, uh, I guess, is that um, the, the challenges of, of getting in touch with your target users, for instance, or uh, meeting regulations or dealing with sensitive situations uh, in the care context um, in general, and then also specifically in the hospital context, are just a bit more challenging. So it's just a bit more challenging to really get to the patients and really talk with them and do tests with, uh, with prototypes with them. Um, uh, and that, yeah, it requires some extra effort also to, to manage that process once you are there. Do you guys have a story that you could share perhaps to illustrate that? Um, well, th there was, for instance, we had a participant in our workshop that uh, uh, she discussed that um, the contact with patients was arranged through a surgeon 
and the surgeon, uh, uh, just getting in touch with the surgeon already took, took her two months, actually. So that is uh, the, the relationship management with your, with your care provider is, uh, is an important part, but that's already a challenge in itself. And uh, that's sort of a bottleneck for, was a bottleneck for her uh, to, um, uh, yeah, to do a user study or something, or something like that. And I think yeah. you, you raise a very good point because sometimes we look at research and we think mostly of the research activities, but the, the partnership uh, management, all the, the stakeholders that are involved actually is time consuming and it's actually a very crucial part, right, of the, the research that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also having these stakeholders like surgeons or nurses or other people that are involved with your research, uh, having them on board on following you also in establishing what are the the requirements for your study. So make sure that you're following exactly the rules that needs to be followed when you're in contact with the participants and maybe check all the details about the study throughout the time. And if you need to change some variables or some criteria, that's really important, but it's not always uh, easy also because they need to understand how you as a designer or a design researcher are you working and combine their own uh, medical perspective and the way they work normally in studies and the protocol they use. They need to be merged. So it gets a bit difficult. How, how do you guys actually interface with that? Because I imagine sometimes they're not really aware of the methodologies you're using. They might be very busy with schedules running from patient to patient. How do you find that little time box to say, hey, let's sit down. Let me tell you about a really innovative method or how I'm going to do this. How do you get them interested and in actually to give them some of your time uh, to give that they give you some of their time? I think my main advice therein is make use of coffee and lunch breaks. Just be present at the facility. Um, when you catch them next to the coffee machine, that's when they have their downtime. That's when they have that 10 minutes to talk to you, be interested, get inspired with what design research is. So um, as long as you're there, as long as you're visible, and you can make use of these little breaks that the physicians also have, you can get that conversation started. Yeah, that's very smart. <laughs> um, okay, and now when you guys, you actually ran a workshop, correct, with a lot of different researchers from all over Europe? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And when you did do that, I'm very curious because you uh, are set in the Netherlands, so you've seen some of the challenges you have locally, but you've been also been able to see how it happens in other European countries. Yeah, we we've, we have been interviewing people from uh, uh, Sweden and France and the UK, and there was also a participant uh, from Australia. So uh, yeah, there there were some uh, on country level there were some uh, there was some diversity, but within Europe, yes, yeah. And did you find that people could relate easily to the different challenges, or does it change a lot based on where you are? I think mostly there was there was recognition of the uh, of the, the the things that people ran into. Um, for instance, talking to your users or convincing your stakeholders of the of the added value of uh, of a design research project. Um, there, there's perhaps mainly differences uh, between countries in in what the healthcare system looks like. So, for instance, in UK you have the NHS, which is quite different from. Uh, the system in, in Sweden or uh, uh, or in France, but it's also a difference in, in what kind of institution are you embedded in. So uh, some students, uh, for instance, in, in uh, uh, here at our university, 
they do the they, they do a project as part of their research, uh, um, and then other uh, uh, participants are really uh, embedded in their own uh, service design organization or their own uh, research institute. So the, uh, the, there was more of a diversity, I think, in the in the in the goals and the project context and the and the deliverables of uh, of these projects. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, maybe perhaps, perhaps also the way you, in which you get introduced to the stakeholders in the hospital. Because if your project is, the proposal of your project is preparing collaboration with some uh, stakeholders that are actually in, in the hospital, they are a bit more aware about which facilities and which people you can speak with. Uh, yeah. While instead, if the project is written by another institution and then proposed to the hospital, then maybe it will take more time for the, for the hospital and stakeholders from the hospital to get used to that and understand how to embed it in their system, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And you might expect that in Sweden, given the um, background that they have in participatory uh, design uh, and the Netherlands also uh, with a non-hierarchical way of working, that it would be easier somehow, but still we heard... Uh, the same challenges or problems that people occur in all these different settings. So I would really agree with you both that it is mostly a story of recognition instead of everyone running into their own problems that are very different from each other. Yeah. It's very interesting because that's exactly what I was, I would have bet, right? That the cultural differences and the hierarchy, but it's, it's a good point then to know that it's, it actually, even if it, you might expect it, it actually might not turn out that way. Always. Um, okay, so because you, you guys are talking a lot about those stakeholders, I'm very curious, did you ever have a chance to get some insights on how they feel when we approach them? Because as designers, I guess uh, that's an easy line and maybe you can talk to, to both. Um, and because some of our listeners might be on in one camp or the other, what is it like as a designer when you step in and you're trying to, you know, get to a, a project that, that you know necessitates the collaboration of all these stakeholders? And what do you think, um, or what have uh, the doctors told you about what the reality is for them when a designer walks in and suddenly wants to run a project there? <laughs> yes, we were actually talking about this a little bit before the show. So in my work, I was doing field work in which I needed to observe conversations between patients and doctors to be uh, later used within a project. And there at one point, and this was really in the beginning of my PhD research. So imagine me being young, unexperienced, but very excited to get started. And uh, one of the physicians actually said, halfway through uh, one of the interviews, very directly, I don't have time for this, I can't make time for this, uh, go, go please. <laughs> so the door, the door was shut and I had to swallow deeply, breathe in, breathe out and readjust. You just, uh, you pick up your stuff, you realize that this is a person that is making time for you that's investing in you may not understand it from the get-go but you just come back with a new story you try again and you realize that you're just one person another stakeholder within this big system so yeah they don't they definitely do not always get it from the start Uh, but we've also uh, had an orthopedic surgeon for example 
who's had his own ideas about innovating and he sees the importance of trying to improve this. He understands the value of design and those are really advocates for you. And they will go about the whole care facility talking about the awesome project that uh, you're doing and they open doors. Yeah, these are your champions. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um, uh, uh, we didn't we didn't talk to the surgeons or, or, or healthcare professionals directly about these challenges or or their their side of the table, so to say. But we did uh, uh, hear a lot of, of these stories about uh, how you um, adapt your choice of words to your uh, to your stakeholders um, and try to get them to understand a little bit where you're coming from and and, and what. What is your added value in the in the process? Uh, and and good examples uh, go a long way in that case. If you have some uh, yeah so, some uh, some examples of successful projects with with nice outcomes, um, th- those are those are really really uh, precious. And we're actually also always on the lookout uh, for uh, for these kinds of stories um, and and projects to to share with uh, with the care audience. But beyond that, I think it's also a matter of really picking your allies. So what Tessa was already saying, and uh, perhaps for Patricia, it's also the case that there's always this: there's one or two people that, or there's a there's an atmosphere. If you if you go to a new place where the the care providers are are on forehand already enthusiastic, they're like, okay, we need to do something different, and we also want to do the research a bit differently. We are we're ready for for another another type of strategy and. Uh, Shows what you got, and then you then you get the chance to uh, to prove yourself, and uh, then that's uh, that's already uh, uh, so, uh, yeah a much better start, I, I would say. Yeah, uh, and well, personally, from from my from my side, I can just share uh, a recent experience because uh, connected to my the project of my PhD. Uh, so to conclude my 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 work, I decided to uh, do some interviews with the. Uh, these stakeholders that I involved in my project from uh, uh, the psychosocial uh, department of the hospital, with, uh, which I've worked with. Um, and uh, it was really nice because I, I, so I tried to find the time to have this uh, informal conversation with uh, each stakeholders singularly. Uh, and after four years of work, uh, they were really sharing, uh, um, they could really reflect on the beginning of the project and how difficult it was at the beginning for them to uh, get a grip on uh, why we, we are seeing prototypes in front of us, what those prototypes means for us and how would you, pre- like, are you thinking to use that with our patient? And now after the project is finished and they've seen the evolution of these prototypes that I've used for my, for my to test my ideas, um, how they were happy about how things have evolved in a sort of flow in a natural way. Like as a designer, I could have showed them, okay, this was an initial idea, but then this thing can evolve. It can have a meaning also for the patient if we just ask them what they think about it. Uh, and also um, they could understand much better why we use different tools and different strategies to um, get in contact with this patient and maybe look at, at their, their uh, maybe their condition or uh, their problems um, from another point of view. So they can really get uh, uh, how it can be meaningful for their practice to maybe introduce new way of uh, dealing with their patient or using different 
things, physical things, or uh, maybe different services. So it was really uh, it was really interesting to do this conversation with them, and they can really try to use a, a new uh, create a new definition of how they see design now after these four years of collaboration. But it's been quite a tough journey, not only for me trying to let them understand, but also for them to open up and create a new mindset towards that. Also in terms of uh, um, uh, trying to understand how to write down the, the, uh, all the work that has been done, because also the way they write uh, about their research is different. Uh, uh, the focus that they have in their um, uh, in, in the, the documents they write in conferences or uh, journals is different. So it's, it's really important to set some kind of uh, point in which you can get together, discuss about it, use the same vocabulary, and then uh, look at the project in the same, with the same, from the same perspective, with the same lens. Did you feel the, the dynamic of the relationship actually changed over time? Yeah, that actually was the from personally in that for this project was really really uh, also the kind of exciting part for me because uh, at the beginning I had uh, there was also a change of stakeholders involved in the project and uh, in the say in the second part of the project um, I kind of get to know got to know uh, stakeholders that could have been more helpful in terms of a topic that I was dealing with. Uh, because also you really need to find uh, these allies or these people that are working with you that they really uh, they are really working in a specific topic that you are addressing and not only uh, people that are in the healthcare context, they are um, dealing with clinical things, but they are not exactly working on that topic. So you need to know some to know, know someone that can really be on that or over that topic. Um, and with this change, I actually got to know people that they were really like interested in see how my work would have been helpful for them. So they started to uh, uh, also to help me in uh, framing my uh, my study, my questions uh, in a way that could they could understand. Uh, in this case, psychologists or people working with. Um, uh, with children, uh, but I can, that I can also use in my work as a designer. So finding a sort of common ground, uh, also in terms of how you frame the study, for instance. Mm. So, and after at the end of this project, they really said, "Okay, uh, we, yeah, we're grateful to, to have had the chance to to experiment that with you." But I can understand that if that at the beginning you have never had this experience before, you really need to uh, uh, sort of create or sort of milestone. Uh, to understand how to uh, um, uh, direct yourself throughout this uh, this journey. Yeah. So I'm hearing a lot of um, I'm hearing a lot about education, educating the stakeholders in a sense about what it is that you're doing, what the value is, and I'm hearing a lot of trust building also. So perhaps going on faith a bit at, at the start, trying to convince them, and maybe they'll understand while they do it, as opposed to maybe understanding from the get go everything that you do bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah, if uh, if I can respond to that, because if you say educating the physician or educating the stakeholders, it sounds a bit one direction, one direction maybe a bit patronizing. So um, I don't want to go there. It's also trying to understand your own habits, your own way of talking, understanding how design is or has been different from. Uh, healthcare and how those fields are finding uh, each other. Um, 
And it's more about involving them and keeping them involved. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that we also mention in the paper, that after you made an initial contact and you started the project, maintaining that contact and keeping people involved is going to pay out in the, in the long run. But it's actually one of the most difficult things to do. Um, one of the things that Bob and I did within our project, and it's going to sound very simple, is a newsletter that we send every month. So if we have no results, if we have a new prototype, a new uh, graduation student starts in our lab, it goes in a newsletter and it goes both to the physicians, to the research nurses, to the other people involved in the project. And then in their own time, they can get a reminder like, hey, this was going on and this is where we are now. And uh, I feel that really helps to involve and engage people. Or at least at least it's a reminder that we exist still, yes. right? Uh, it shows so. that you put effort in trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's definitely it's a it's a habit that you that we, that you need to um, uh, uh, keep uh, keep up over time. And uh, actually, just now I I realized that I should probably send out a new newsletter. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, send it out, it's yeah. been a while actually. So, so it's uh, it's this you have your own habits and and your own uh, it's, it's it's really a conscious effort over time that you have to keep reminding yourself like hey wait. Uh, I have to be conscious of this. Yeah. Right. And so the onus is a lot on, on the designer in a sense to put fire there in, in that relationship and, and give that spark and try to get it going at the start, right? And even yeah. managing it. Yeah. And it's also, it's also really related to what Tessa was saying earlier. Uh, by being there a lot, that has recently taught me that it's, it's so much easier to uh, uh, to, to, to get things arranged only uh, already and... and, and uh, have more interesting conversations over time with care providers and also supporting staff. And you get a lot of insights from that that might not necessarily end up in a, in a paper, but that do really uh, uh, um, support um, uh, and enhance my, uh, my vision as a researcher and as a designer. So that, that it has a lot of, uh, um, yeah, a lot of advantages to, to consciously invest and keep investing in that relationship. Yeah. Actually, this is something that uh, one of the, the, the psychologists that I met recently told me, like, really say, yeah, if you would have been there physically more often, maybe also more people in the hospital, they will get to know about your project. They will know more about it. So they would be more, ah, oh, okay, this exists. So maybe I can look into that. And that could be, that could be something interesting for my work. Yeah. It, it's, it really is it's true. <laughs> it remains, uh, <coughs> sorry, it remains a balancing act because... Mm -hmm. Um, designers are also specialists with a million jobs and responsibilities. So for me, that can be difficult. You want to be there as often as possible. You want to be physical. You want to involve all your stakeholders within the project. But you also, you know, have <laughs> papers to write. Design work out. Yeah. So... Um, but uh, one thing, maybe going back to this, uh, because you mentioned the, the two terms, educate, education, educating someone or also tr uh, creating trustworthiness, maybe uh, in terms of education, what I see is that as designer or design researcher, we really put ourselves into question when we enter in that world because we need to discover other things. 
And what is also required from the other side is that also the other people need to put themselves into question. So there is this kind of kind of breaking down a bit the castle that we are around us and uh, like look on the other side and say, okay, well, maybe there is something else that can be that I can get in contact with and I can make can be useful for me. But yeah. from both sides. So yeah. that's really important and that's to be um, established already at the beginning of every project. Yeah especially in these cases. I think it's interesting when you mentioned that we have to learn too as designers, right? When you step into a hospital, it may not be your environment that you're accustomed to. It, you may not be familiar with all the procedures or how that department works or how that specialty works. So there's also a learning curve, I'm guessing, as you step in to, to also understand the reality, which helps with empathy, which helps in the observation, but to really interpret things in their context. Yeah, but yeah. It also there is a lot to learn also about the dynamics of each department, for instance, in the hospital and the way stakeholders uh, communicate towards each other. Uh, personally, in my project, I discover how different is the relation among uh, the psychosocial department and the oncology department. Uh, they need to work together. Maybe they have the same the same patient, but. No, it's not always easy the communication also among them so yeah. if also you as a third figure entering in the picture then it can become also more difficult yeah but showing them that you know a little bit about their uh, uh, about their special uh, specialism about the, the context of their work knowing some of the some of the medical terms uh, the procedures uh, uh, showing that you invested in, in getting to know that context both on a clinical level and an organizational level, that also really pays off in terms of uh, uh, respect and trustworthiness. Uh, we rec I recently had this with uh, uh, students in, a, in another department. They presented projects, but they really showed that their ideas were based on a, quite a thorough understanding of, uh, of the, 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 the care uh, context that they were designing for and, and that really helps to to gain the trust of the uh, of, of care stakeholders yeah and it makes your own work as a designer also a lot easier when you know that the medical term for a hip replacement is atroplasty which <laughs> i never heard for before and you you hear it all around you and you're wondering oh, what's that word oh it's my it's the thing that I'm designing for. So that getting to know the way that they talk really helps for your own work as well. Um, and, and it shows that you're invested. Yeah. 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 That you're committed. Yeah. Yes. Now, did you hear from the flip side? What is it like for doctors when, when we step in as designers? Um, I'm sorry, what was the what as when we what as designer? When, when you step in as a designer, what is it like from the doctor's perspective? Uh, <laughs> they look at you like an alien. <laughs> no, I mean, they, yeah, they need to discover you. They need to understand first maybe what is design because not everybody has always been in contact with the term design and the word of design. Uh, yeah, sometimes uh, they could think, okay, design is uh, something related to furniture and that's it, a product, but it's not always the case. Design can go be much behind that and uh, yeah. really help maybe uh, into uh, facilitating communication. So it can be something that is more abstract. It's not really tangible. You cannot touch it, but it's really helpful. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I once heard this actually, uh, that uh, the surgeon that we're t- working together with uh, was explaining this to another care provider, actually, who was asking him, like, so you, you collaborate with the technical university, why do you do that? And, and he was like, yeah, there's this, this great department there that you thought they would only do lamps and stuff, but but actually they, they can design uh, all sorts of like, systems also and communication, and it's great. They have, they have all these kinds of nice ideas that they want to try and... Uh, so that's that's kind of funny, it's, but that's I, I guess that is our blind spot. Like we know this and we take it for granted, perhaps. But but really, uh, over and over again, explaining the basics uh, of what you do and, and, not, and not taking that for granted, uh, taking a moment to to try and figure out what the other side does or does not know. That is, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I know I know that I have to do that, and and it's still also very hard to to get it right every time. And, and I think one thing is also um, care providers, just as designers, are people. And we are living in a moment in time in which innovation, design, technology are becoming more um, emergent and prominent topics. Also in, in media discussions, in, in podcasts, such as uh, the one we're in now. So it, it really differs also between those physicians. They may have heard something about it before, and then the conversation is a little bit easier. Um, but you can also meet people that have heard the negative uh, side. So I once had a, uh, a conversation with people that were trying to build the uh, um, uh, personal health record, and I wanted to see, well, can I do a study within that, that health record as well? And they were a bit apprehensive because they thought this is an outsider. We're talking about data. Data privacy is important. Our workflow is going to be disrupted. And I would not go as far as saying they felt effect because I didn't ask and I don't know. But they were definitely, yeah, alerted and saying, well, are we not doing good enough now? So see this, check this on a person-to-person basis. Do you have an enthusiastic ally that installs all the new apps on his or her phone? Or do you have someone who is maybe somewhat more conservative and apprehensive and needs some more work from you as the designer? So... Don't expect them to all be the same. Yeah. Yeah. The wording, the wording is also really, uh, uh, like, uh, really delicate. We had one participant in uh, one of the workshops that said, like, he was working on a on a department. He was really embedded in a department, and he found out uh, along the way that it's you can come in and say, okay, I'm going to look at what your problems are, and then I'm going to solve them. And then the the, 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 the the clinical stakeholders are going to be like problems. We don't have problems here. You don't have a job here. But if you if you come in and say, okay, I'm going to look at what what goes well, and then I'm going to look at what we can make even better. So he he uh, uh, he thought it was a, a way of of doing appreciative inquiry. Uh, and there he, he also borrows from the social sciences. So definitely uh, stuff that we can learn also from other uh, 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 research traditions. But really, like it's yeah, it's really in the wording. It's how you sell the the message. That's a great and then, I, I think a lot of the design thinking methodologies, and generally, you know, talk about and stress the pain points because these are the the starting point for any inquiry that we have. And I think 
you highlight, uh, both of you, Tessa, too, a, a very good point, which is these people are human, too. They're probably proud of everything that they do. They come in at work passionate. They, they do something great. They build something great. And I think it's great that you've injected a bit of positivity on top of the you know, inquiry for what we can make better. But I think yeah. we sometimes forget that to stress, hey, you're doing a great work and we, we do admire a lot of the complexity and, and the, the solutions that have already you know, gotten us so far. Yeah, 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 definitely. And cake also helps. <laughs> Aha, <laughs> that's the secret. <laughs> no, but it's, it's funny. Like it's it, it sounds it sounds perhaps as a joke, but, but that's also an aspect of people are, are they're they're humans, they're human beings, uh, and uh, I uh, yeah, the, the simply bringing something uh, something nice to eating uh, can uh, can set already uh, that the, the tone a little bit or the atmosphere or uh, trying to get to know people informally as well uh, doing an informal activity that is not directly related to um, uh, uh, to your uh, project context you have to have the time for that of course uh, but still yeah it's a bit related to also what Stephanie said before about the coffee breaks yeah so, yeah, yeah, if the, yeah. If there are the, the small moments in which. Uh, also, these professionals they become they come back to their human yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> human position. So yeah, it's true. And so you guys started exploring a bit challenges. Can we go a little bit deeper in that? Because your research really touched on a lot of challenges that you've noticed out there. True. Yeah. Um, basically, what we see, I think we're discussing that right now as well. Uh, we we identified eight uh, sort of themes of challenges. And um, uh, uh, three of them are really related to uh, uh, the practical execution of a project. So that is, for instance, um, uh, well, getting in touch with your with your end users or with your uh, with patients, but also uh, managing the restrictions in the context, conducting your field work. And then there's also a set of challenges that are really related to the project management. So that's really the stakeholder management that we've been that we've been talking about. Uh, um, and then uh, there's, in, in terms of context, there were two others which are really related to uh, uh, attuning to the restrictions in time uh, and also financial restrictions. So, uh, for instance, if you want to have a care provider involved, uh, but he, he can't get paid for it, how are you going to do that? Uh, and the final one was, uh, I think we've been discussing that already a bit as well, the, uh, the rapport that you have. So the, the mutual respect and uh, a safe culture that you create uh, within a project team to share insights and, and, and information. Um, yeah. Part of what you did was not just collecting the challenges, right? You actually heard people brainstorm on the, the types of solutions that they themselves in their research had uh, seen work. True, yeah. yeah. So um, the cake example was actually one of the examples of the participants. Um, she was working within the UK context, if I remember yeah. correctly. And she said it really helped her a lot to bring a cake and uh, open up the conversation in that way, really speak to their non-professional identity as curious human beings. Um, but we've heard wild stories. We also we had suggestions to have a sort of body system in which designers uh, uh, have their own bodies and they can talk about it, uh, talk about the challenges that they run into and the solutions that they have. So we as a field can also realize that 
no, we're not alone in finding it difficult to talk to another field or trying to navigate medical ethical committees. Um, and that's okay as long as we talk about it and try to search for ways uh, that we can improve it for ourselves or for uh, each other. So some of the things that we also do is uh, sharing templates, for example, for medical ethical committees why make it more difficult uh, than it needs to be? Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you have some more examples of the solutions? Solution. Well, I remember some uh, um, uh, one physical example they tried to uh, design and stuff. This kind of um, uh, it was a sort of jar in which yeah. they could have put some. Uh, uh, I, I remember was some um, unexpected insights or ideas. Yeah, ideas for in case there are a certain situation and you want to solve, then you can pick one uh, of these solution from this jar, like a surprise, uh, a bit of a surprise uh, vase. Um, yeah, there was an example of the body. Uh, so you could find also your uh, connect with your a professional that could give you some suggestion, right? Yeah. Uh, but also this idea of having a sort of. Um, uh, uh, a collection like a, a big dictionary uh, uh, with all the notions that should have been shared among uh, people working on the same project in order to create a, a sort of basic lexicon that everybody could like whenever we talk about this situation we're referring to these specific uh, uh, terms so everybody is on, on board with the same knowledge because that is also part of the challenge that we found like when you when you need to explain something to someone, you need to put yourself in the condition to be uh, uh, completely transparent to what you're sharing, uh, explain it in simple terms, and uh, um, like lower the the kind of the threshold or, or, or of sharing your knowledge to the other. So you need to be uh, open also on the fact that the other person will not know exactly what you're talking about. But it doesn't mean that this person is is not interested or doesn't know anything. It's just that he's not used to that vocabulary or working in, this, in that environment. So it's really important to uh, try to find the same level from which everybody can start when they begin a project and also continue through time. And that's why also updating each other time to time and finding the way of sharing uh, updates about the project in a, in a simple way that's clear that everybody can understand is also important. So as a designer, we uh, maybe have a lot of tools uh, graphical tools or um, tangible tools that we can use to share information uh, and maybe that can spark a bit of his, uh, ideas and inspiration also to stakeholders that are not normally not working with those tangible things and graphical things um, but indeed we need to find a way to simplify everything because then everybody can be on board on, at the same level and that's really really important so I think you guys did an amazing job. Like when I look at the, um, I haven't seen the paper yet because I think it's going to be published soon, correct? Very soon. <laughs> very, very soon. But the, the, the little glimpse I did get from your the, the different challenges you collected and, and different ideas that you're thinking about, I, I think are really, really great. So we're going to put a link in the um, notes right here in the podcast. So listeners, if you want to learn more, have a look at that. There's a really wonderful PDF. There's actually an online course um, where uh, Bob and Tessa and Patricia were, were all featured. So I'm going to put a link there too if, if you want to learn a little bit more. I will end with one question that I would really love to hear um, you know, each of your perspectives on. If you had to make a sales pitch, quote unquote, on why design thinking and, and research right, matters, 
how would you pitch that? What would you say ultimately? What do you bring to the table when when you have someone that comes into your team and you actually let them partake in research with you as a doctor? <laughs> okay, uh, I would say that uh, uh, what design research uh, um, adds to the adds to the table, so to say, is that it doesn't only show you uh, what is true or or not true or going on at the moment, but it also shows you how, what it could be like in the future and whether that is uh, desirable or not. So it. Uh, it takes the conversation one step further. Hmm. See if you can top that, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I think I would also speak to the nature of of most people and especially uh, healthcare people. Uh, They are active doers. So I would say what we do is we try to understand you and not only you, but also the patients and the people around you in the system. And we try to envision and make tangible what the future could be like for you. And hopefully we will save you some time and money in the process. Um, And that's why you should do design research with us. Um, Well, Uh, I think that my thoughts are linked to, to what both Ventessa said, so of course. Uh, maybe I will, I, will, uh, I will focus on say that design research, design thinking, they can really help you to uh, see the other side of the story. So there is always a second, uh, a second possibility or a different opportunity. Uh, what you do as a professional in your field uh, works uh, efficiently uh, and uh, is based on, on uh, modern uh, things and uh, is innovative, of course, but there could be always a second thing, an sec- uh, innovative uh, way of thinking about it, a reverse way of thinking about it. And uh, maybe design can offer you this opportunity to look a bit outside, not only outside of the box, but just rethinking also yourself as a professional uh, on how you can contribute differently to what you usually do uh, every day in your daily practice. So uh, it also gives you the opportunity to put yourself into question and see how much you can uh, you can add on the plate on the things you are doing. In a couple of moments, we are going to share with you what's coming in the next episode. But if you think others just like you might enjoy this podcast, help us spread the word. Give us a quick rating, write us a review, or just share with a friend. Next episode, we are stretching the boundaries of what it means to design for healthcare. We are stepping out of the hospitals and into the real world to see what it looks like to design for people in their own homes. With us to explore this topic is Peter Weeks from Philips, uh, their division that has to do with sleep and um, breathing. And he's going to really help us understand a little bit more this world of IoT, data, and what it means to design for human beings. That's coming up next on Healthcare Focus.
You've been listening to Healthcare Focus, and I'm Karina Paraskiv, your host. It's sometimes difficult to include all of the research resources we used without making the podcast too heavy, so we've created the show notes to give proper credit to all the ideas we've explored. Go check it out to find out more inspiration, and for more episodes just like this one, subscribe to us anywhere where you get your podcasts.